on your journey of recovery, you will never be left alone. There's over millions and millions of people in the space of addiction recovery that's always going to be there to support you on your journey. So just remember, when you're down on your luck, you're in that gutter, and you're experiencing that pain, that you will never ever be alone. I exist, and I was once in that pain, and I thought I was alone in my trauma, and I thought I was alone in my addiction, and I realized there's always someone out there that can relate to your story. So don't give up, reach for help, don't be afraid to ask, and remember that you deserve to recover, you deserve to be free. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And today I want to talk about 20 tips for dealing with trauma and early recovery from addiction to mental health. This is very important. Um, the more research that we uncover in Sober is Dope and in the recovery community, the more we begin to realize that a lot of our addictions and addictive behaviors stem from childhood trauma and trauma in general. You may hear me talk about this a lot, how the brain brain changes through neuroplasticity based on what type of trauma that's presented, whether you get hit on your head, whether it's an emotional trauma, whether it's psychological trauma, any form of rejection, um, any form of loss, grief, anything like that. Growing up in an environment where there was not a lot of love in the household, maybe growing up in an environment where one of your or both of your parents maybe was also dealing with addiction or mental health issues. Maybe some of us had abusive brothers and sisters and siblings, or it was an environment that didn't really nurture um, the actual happiness and needs that we needed as children or as young adults. And that and that results in us feeling um, detached and abandoned and we have ways, the brain has ways of protecting us through escape mechanisms and imaginations and tuning out the developing other personalities and blocking out certain things, cues in our environment to protect us. Especially when we're really small, we can't fight back or speak up for ourselves. Um, we have, a, the brain has a lot of ways of protecting us from that type of trauma, but that results in a lot of aspects. Now, look, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not a psychologist. This is this is just from years of expertise, reading, following research here and there. Um, you could follow people like Dr. Gabor Mate, who talks a lot about childhood trauma. It's just not him. Um, you have a lot of different people out there, but you could start with Dr. Gabor Mate as one of my go-to people. Um, but in general, we know that there's a connection between mental health, trauma, PTSD, and our addictions, right? So... We have to address that in early recovery, I like to say, and I want to devote this episode to that. So tip number one is find a support system. If you're in early recovery and you're dealing with trauma and past trauma, 
have a support system, people that you could talk to about it, maybe join a trauma support group or a group that's related to your specific type of trauma. Maybe it was sexual trauma, maybe it was um, you was beaten and uh, hit and uh, really abused in that way, physical abuse, maybe it was psychological abuse. Find your tribe, find someone that you can confide in, and um, I would say really start there. Tip number two, seek professional help from a therapist or a psychiatrist, right? So therapy is very good in early recovery, and I talk about this, um, about comorbid addiction or comorbid mental health addictions, right? So comorbidities exist when you have an addiction and underlining your addiction is a diagnosis, a mental health diagnosis, right? I mean, usually standard is depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD or something like that. Those are the top ones, but they have hundreds of different diagnoses that could be affected from childhood trauma and all type of things that fuel your addiction. Right. And then your addiction could also fuel these things. And a perfect example of that is alcoholism and it's linked to depression. There's a direct link between alcohol, depressing the nervous system, being a depressant and making people more depressed. Right. And affecting the brain in a negative way. And after you finish drinking, shooting your anxiety levels to the, through the roof because alcohol works like that. It uh, um, suppresses your anxiety in the short term. But right after you finish drinking and the alcohol starts tapering off, your anxiety shoots through the roof. So keep that in mind. These are comorbid connections and comorbid addiction is something that is really important and really a standard of sober is dope. I really never recommend someone try to have um, any form of treatment that does not address mental health. So for example, Alcoholic Anonymous is great, but I would say if you was going through Alcoholic Anonymous and seeing a therapist and a psychiatrist and getting a proper mental health diagnosis, um, that will make the chances of success overall much higher, okay? Because now you're addressing your addiction through Alcoholic Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous because Sober is Dope is for those who are dealing with drug misuse and alcohol misuse, which alcohol is a drug, so it's overall drug misuse. But in general, I want to make sure no one is alienated or Sober is Dope. This is not just about alcoholism. It's about drugs, alcoholism, or any type of addiction. We can kind of use these tenants to kind of navigate and find healing through that space. So definitely look into seeking professional help from a therapist. Tip number three, develop a routine and stick to it, right? Um, the brain loves structure. The brain performs in an optimal way when it's structured. Um, having a routine is known to be linked to productivity and having a, kind of like that CEO mentality, that boss mentality, having that routine, whether it's a strong morning routine or it's a I'm getting ready to go to bed routine, right? A wind down routine. Routines help you stay connected. It helps you stay focused and structured. That helps with your mental health and it helps reducing trauma because you have enough going on when you're dealing with trauma, fear, anxiety, and all of these things. Now, if things start to get cluttered, if the place is not tidy, if your daily responsibilities start to pile up on you, you get even more overwhelmed, and that could force you into a deeper state of anxiety, and that could start to help trigger you. And we know we have to know our triggers and watch our triggers. So. Developing a routine and sticking to it is uh, highly recommended. Tip number four, practice self-care activities such as exercise, meditation, and relaxation techniques, right? 
So we know there's so much evidence that it's linked to the benefits of exercise and it's a positive effects on your mental health, right? There's a, so much data. Meditation, all right, we have all types of data uh, points that points to meditation being excellent for your overall health as a human being, right? Spiritual, psychological, emotional, but for your mental health and for your addiction recovery and also dealing with PTSD and reducing trauma. Because now you can really go into yourself and do a lot of introspection, uncover a lot about yourself. So while there's a bunch of physical benefits to meditation, there's also aspects of um, mental health benefits, but there's also spiritual benefits and psychological benefits, and that taps into the realms of mindfulness and all of that. So one of the things that I can't say for sure that I know is that meditation helps increase gray matter in the brain, and this helps with your neuroplasticity and building a healthier brain a healthier brain helps with mental health overall because we have it's our mind it's our brains right we also know that meditation helps increase your um theta which is helps you become more is a theta is a more and when you're in a state of theta you're more open to positive auto suggestion and things like that and um, positive reinforcement so you have a negative outlook on yourself and you start to use affirmations and prayers stuff that's like in the sober's dope book right we have one of the reasons why we put so many affirmations in there is because the book is intended for us to use in a meditative prayer and respectful state right it's just not a random book you just read is a book that you sit with and meditate and when you get into a state of meditation you can utilize the affirmations to help expand your positive awareness of yourself and it creates this sense of auto suggestion when your nervous system is calm and your mind is open and you're saying these positive things to yourself it starts to highly absorb and it helps increase positive outlook and positive mindset and that's always good for your um, mental health so keep that in mind all right so we're big on that relaxation techniques taking hot showers having that including that in your ritual at the end of the night right hot showers taking it easy and stuff like that so please um practice self-care activities such as exercise meditation and relaxation techniques this is one of our recommendations for dealing with trauma and ptsd and early recovery and how to deal with that overall and mental health overall it's not just that depression this applies to depression anxiety and other things such as that be patient with yourself right patience is another thing sometimes when you're healing we we tend to want that magic pill or that immediate response to that immediate effect to what we're doing and um it's important to be patient that way so we always know like okay I'm healing but you know I'm looking at it in terms of months and even though we go one day at a time it adds up and then it starts to accumulate these positive behaviors and these steps accumulate and be patient right also patients help you deal with people that may be hostile and negative in your environment right you might be trying to be what they say woosah right or nama stayed out right really chilling in your recovery i'm trying to get my spiritual reset on and you might be in a household with somebody that's straight up ignorant and just a, a hostile person straight up abusive straight up loud abrasive you have to have a way to say okay i'm not gonna let these type of energies disrupt my peace of mind so you have to be patient with the process patient with your environment patient with yourself and utilize meditation and prayer and these techniques to keep you grounded okay all right moving along um that was tip number five so we're moving to tip number six
All right. Tip number six is be honest with yourself and others. Honesty is an important aspect of dealing with and navigating um, or rising above your trauma and navigating early recovery from addiction and mental health. Right. These are tips for navigating above your trauma. So, um, you know, being honest with yourself and your and others is key. Why? Because if you can't communicate how you feel in an honest, articulate, very direct way to whoever it is, whether it's your job, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your family, whether it's your therapist, whether it's you in a, a recovery environment, whether you're talking to me on Instagram or email, if you're not honest, and you're going to really um, diminish the quality of care and help and love that you could receive because you're not communicating effectively your needs. So being honest with yourself, also honest with your recovery. If you know you're struggling, say something. If you know you're not getting something, like if you're not getting nothing out of your respective treatment, speak up. If you need more from your spouse or your love or your family or your friends, speak up. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Don't bullshit. Don't bullshit shit yourself this is what we like i like to say don't bullshit a bullshitter because you know us as addicts or people that have dealt with addiction or alcohol or drug misuse right i like to be politically correct with my statements um we are type oh the highest type of bullshit artists you can find we're very we, get, we became very efficient at it Right. Because we had to trick family and friends into getting our way and letting us use and you were very good at it. And sometimes those addictive behaviors kind of cross over into our sobriety and recovery. So I would like to qualify this. This is not a step, but this is also remember in being honest, don't manipulate people in sobriety and recovery. Try your best. Right. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't change your brain or you or you can't change your brain overnight, but it's hard to change some type of behavior patterns overnight because we have something in our brain called myelin sheets, myelin sheets in your brain. Um, are there grooves in your brain that are are paved through behaviors, repeated behaviors? So sometimes when you have a, a behavior pattern, it takes a little bit of time to change it because your brain has to change, and that's those neural plastic plastic um, concepts that we love to speak about on soap is dope, right? Because it takes time for your brain to change a behavior pattern. It's an actual brain structure. It's not just a, a psychological thing or mental thing is actual brain thing too right so um don't manipulate people be honest with yourself and others tip number seven identify triggers and avoid them if possible we speak about this all the time know your triggers really get to know yourself in recovery and know your triggers all right this is important because like one of my triggers uh is like going into places that I know I totally don't really love and don't totally feel comfortable in, right? So like, let's say I go to a straight up club, but the, the 
a group of people that's there. It's extremely young, and then like I can't connect to them, and it's just a lot of drugs and stuff, and it's like not an environment I'm supposed to be in, right? So know your station in the world and know where you belong. Sometimes we put ourselves in environment where God's like, you're not supposed to be here. This is not your environment. You have been exalted past this station in your life, and you should be where you need to be, right? You why are you not why are you here and not at another type of place, right? So you might be triggered there, right? That's a, a you know another trigger could be going around people I just don't like or I just don't resonate with anymore, right? And being forced to really play the game, and you just like you know I give example my um sometimes I have like old friends um. Like they may be having a card game or they may be having some type of pastime they had, but it's just cigars. One, I, I have like a really sensitive lungs from all of the years of smoking, so I can't be around cigar smoke. That'll trigger me to make me feel very uncomfortable. And then like there's a lot of drinking and it's a lot of stuff and it's like men and it's like they're doing a thing and this is how some men like to get down. But I'm like, yo, I'm not a cigar guy. not a I'm not a whiskey guy anymore. Like it's just not my tea. Why put myself in that environment if I could avoid it, right? So I'm more of a, yo, let's go out for lunch and then y'all hit the cigar bar and I step off and exit stage left, right? Know your triggers. Uh, and the reason why I try to give you things, how they relate to me, because you may not ha know how to identify your trigger, or uh, right? So I want you to know your triggers, right? If you're a person that cannot go to a sports bar no matter how long you've been in recovery because it'll trigger you, don't go. I tell people, no sport game is that important to sit at a straight up bar and be watching sports around people just spilling beers everywhere and just ordering shots and all this bull crap and you feeling like yo i'm just here because i no you're not you're not supposed to be there please stow the game at your place pay up for the cable is usually or pay up for the game is usually cheaper than all the drinks you're gonna buy invite some of your friends over so it's a controlled environment right you might say hey you know some beer you know there's some beers here for people who want it or whatever but it, it's not out of control it's not like people just shot shot screaming and yelling and screaming and getting nothing you smelling all of that know your triggers right respect yourself and know your triggers and identify your triggers and avoid them where possible all right so moving along i'm gonna run through the rest because i want this to be a short episode and we'll go into more details on another episode but here we go we're gonna roll through eight Use positive affirmations to reinforce your self-worth, right? Positive affirmations, all right? There's a lot of science out there. There's a camp of people out there who say affirmations don't work, but there's more. I, I showed in the Sober is Dope book and tried to prove to you, to the best of my ability, that there is some scientific and there's some basis that just positive thinking and saying things in a positive way and reframing negative thoughts in a positive way and a Affirming your things that you are who you are in a positive way has scientifically been established that it has positive effects on your mind and your brain and your mental health. And this can help with your recovery, right? If someone is telling you, you ain't shit all day while you was in your addiction, you're unworthy. You ain't never going to be nothing. You always going to be an addict. You a loser. Ain't no way you could get sober. That's a lot of negative reinforcement. You have to reaffirm that that's not true by positively 
reinforcing the opposite of that. No, I'm great. You ain't shit maybe, but I'm great. I'm an all-star. I know I'm worthy. I know I deserve my recovery. I know I'm beautiful. And despite the mistakes in my past, I'm not limited to my past. I can't go beyond my past. I am worthy of forgiveness. I have forgiven myself and I forgive you, but you're not going to tell me who I am because I'm affirming right now. I'm a child of God. I'm beautiful. I'm worthy. I'm magnificent. I'm an all-star and I'm great. And I'm in my recovery and I'm shining and I deserve that. Okay. Amen. That's how we do that. So you reaffirm and affirm, use positive affirmations to reinforce your self-worth. And if you're listening to this and you do not have the sober as dope book that has over 365, maybe more positive affirmations that's all based around recovery and reaffirming yourself in success reaffirming yourself with health with love with sobriety with optimism and it has a lot of beautiful tools in there plus a hundred tips from um that i have in addition to these 20 that i'm giving you here that can help you on your journey right so that's why i wrote that in soap is dope because affirmations can help you reverse negative aspects of ptsd and trauma because it's usually around some uh, really um, traumatic event. Someone really saying something or doing something to you. Somebody cheating on you. Somebody hitting you. Somebody abandoning you. Somebody raping you. Something like that. Trigger warning, trigger warning to anyone out there who's ever had any sexual abuse. That's a sensitive topic. And I know I don't want to throw it out there. But I ha- I'll be remiss if I didn't mention it. These type of traumatic environments make us second guess ourselves and blame ourselves. Right? It was my fault. It was me. It's me. It's me. And sometimes it's not Most of the time it's not Usually all the time it's not We have to be accountable But we are We didn't get to our addiction on our own Life brought us there Whether it's through trauma A traumatic event Or some type of pain Or some type of hurt So sometimes you don't have to hold it all in Like it was all your fault It wasn't all my fault I was drinking But it was a lot of my fault That I was I had to be accountable That I was drinking And why I was drinking And the fact that I was being destructive And hurting myself Yes but I could share that accountability on how I got there because I, as a kid, I couldn't control Like, it wasn't my fault in my environment. You know, my dad dying was a traumatic event. It wasn't that I come from a bad family. It wasn't from I was an abusive kid. It wasn't that I was beat up or hit. But I lost my father at a young age. That's, that's a traumatic event for me that caused me to just kind of like lose aspect with that innocent kid that was running around, that innocent poppy, right? When I was just poppy on the block, you know, skipping around, writing poems and doing all of this innocent stuff. My dad passed away. I had a colder outlook on the world. I started hanging with a tougher crowd. I got older and I got a little bit more, um, you know, just... I would say callous to the world that my emotions started shutting down and I became a little bit less, you know, bright. Uh, so me, I have to understand that, right? Understanding that is positive. And I think I said I was going to run through this, but I don't think Pop is capable of running through anything. I think I have to break it down. But moving along. So use positive affirmations to reinforce self-worth. Eight. Um, number nine. Stay away from substance and behaviors that can trigger relapse, right? So we spoke about that. Stay away from substances and behaviors that can trigger relapse. Don't go, don't go around your ex 
who's still using. Don't go to the old bar where your voice is at because you think you got it under control. Stay away from substances and behaviors and environments that may trigger you, all right? Let's not do that. And then that may trigger relapse. 10, learn healthy coping mechanisms for dealing with stress and anxiety. Ho learn healthy coping mechanisms, all right? coping mechanisms one of the coping mechanisms we used to deal with this was using drugs and alcohol now coping mechanisms now may be like i said therapy meditation exercise counseling aa alcoholic anonymous narcotics anonymous listening to podcasts like sober is dope or sober vibes or um creative sober or you know the millions of other podcasts out there recover yourself or all these beautiful podcasts out there connecting with people online like you know shout out to keola reigns and the reframe app and that community and the different people out there shout out to everyone out there the recovery community is booming shout out to my people at sober buddy sober motivation dopey everyone um we're all connected it's like a big family and we're all like really trying to help each other get to the next level so use us as coping mechanisms use environments you know church could be a coping mechanisms um make sure you find yourself a solid church with a solid pastor do your research before you just walk into a church and take it at self value because no matter how spiritual pop is there's a lot of people who play with the pulpit and they don't do god justice and they're gonna get what's coming to them um because um i really hate it's nothing worse than a, a priest that's out there taking advantage of people that's not really doing god's work um they said the road to hell would be paved with the skull of dead priests and um, Pharisees. So we don't want to play with that. So make sure you do your research, find healthy coping mechanisms, deep breathing to deactivate the um, fear response, learning how to breathe, um, getting into things like yoga and yoga and stuff like that, using food and nutrition in a, in a healthy mental health um, safe way, like, you know, eating really healthy and um, Taking care of yourself, uh, reinforcing your mind, body, uh, studying um, acceptance, commitment therapy or um, cognitive behavioral therapies and things like that are healthier coping mechanisms than using your drug of choice. All right. OK, so moving along, set realistic goals and celebrate progress. Celebrate your progress. That's number 11. Set realistic goals and celebrate progress. Number 12, be open to new experiences and opportunities for growth, growth. Now, when they say, uh, uh, when, you know, when I put this together, being open to new experiences, sometimes because we're in recovery and because we have trauma related things that affected us in our life and because we're dealing with PTSD, we're very selective and closed off and withdrawn. So we'll tend to kind of like not necessarily be open to things that are positive and good for us. I I'm a perfect example of that. After 10 years of recovery, it's really hard to get me to come out out and really deal with people are very selective on where I go, how I spend my energy. You know, sometimes I might get invited to a conference and be like, you know, you know what? It's just too much. Right now, I'm not in a spiritual place to do all of that, like getting on the plane, going to meet these people, being at this hotel. I don't know who's there. I don't know if the conference around sobriety. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm very withdrawn that way because I'm still protective. 
But then there's other times where I'm like, no, this is where I want to go. I, I, I want to go to this place. I want to go to this conference, right? You follow the vibe, follow the energies, listen to your gut. Remember, your gut has more neurons than your actual brain. So your gut brain is a lot older than your actual physical brain because your gut bacteria are older than every aspect of our human being. We come from our bacteria, not necessarily our DNA. Our DNA is a byproduct of our bacteria. Bacteria was here first, right? That's the science, right? Um, and that's why your gut microbiome and your micro, your microcosmic orbit and all of this stuff in your mind. And when they say I had a gut feeling, we're talking about the neurotransmitters that's in your gut that's very primitive and they protect you and they're responsible for your epigenetic environment. When we say epigenetics, epi above your genes. So above your genes is the genetic protocols that determine your genetic environment, your kid's genetic environment. So what you put into your body you, um, is going to affect your overall genetic environment, how long you're going to live, how, how, how your genetic factors are going to develop. So what I like to tell people is really listen to your gut right all right very important okay um i can't speak about this more enough like really follow your gut follow the vibe so if you want to go somewhere if you want you'll be open to experience new opportunities listen to your gut to tell you what's good what's not what's safe and what's not if something in you is like nah i'm not feeling it the people i don't know about this i'm not i had a bad experience and also believe the red flag sometimes it may be a situation where you're planning something and something may go wrong with the flight then it might then it might be another delay then another delay and so you know what that's i have a rule if it's three things that happen before something comes into fruition i'm like nah i'm listening god's trying to stop me like i should i should listen because things shouldn't always be hard right things should if it's meant to be it's just like it magically happens like everything flows now sometimes because I'm a spiritual guy, I would say that there's forces that try to block you from your blessings, but that's still a limiting belief. I believe that I'm a child of God. Nothing could block me from my blessing because a God got me because I'm a one. Right. So therefore, I'm not going to accept that there's these negative forces that's out to get me. That's me giving them, I'm giving them power. I ain't giving no one power. God either said it's for me or it's not. And if it's science that's saying that it's not and it's things that's happening, that's not supposed to happen. Listen to the red flag, trust your gut and then weave out. Use that as a weaving mechanism to say to yourself, these things I'm not doing because the energy's off. I'm going to stay over here and trust the process to be patient and wait for my blessings to develop as they're supposed to develop. That leads to, which is not one of our tips, don't live through comparison. Trying to rush success and the blessing and keeping up with the Joneses because you're trying to, you're seeing what other people are doing. That's the recipe for failure because now you're going off of emotions and you're going, you're not listening to your gut and your vibe and you're listening to the ego. And what that tends to do is make you or put you in situations where you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. That's why I'm sober is dope. I don't do podcasts. I do things my way. I don't try to, I don't want my page to look like other people's pages. I don't want my, my, my messaging to sound like a, I'm not listening to someone else's podcast and saying, okay, I got to do one better. I don't even pay attention to what anyone else is doing. I stay totally locked in to the vibrational frequency of Joseph Pop Buchanan. And that's my job, right? That's my frequency. 
frequency, my antenna, my broadcast is mine, is specifically mine, wired to my genetic makeup and my time and my vibrational frequency on this planet, right? So therefore, I can listen to my gut, watch the cues from my environment and make better decisions, right? So with that being said, be open to new experiences and opportunities for growth, but listen to the red flags and listen to your gut. 13, surround yourself with positive influences like myself and like everyone else in the community. Like I said, we have 40,000 people on Sober's Dope um, Instagram. That's all part of the community, right? I believe a lot of us want the same thing. We're all in recovery. We're all thriving. We're all, it's hard for a lot of us. We're, we're fighting every day. That's a positive influence. Surround yourself with positive people that's doing the same thing so it can help you beat your trauma, your PTSD, help you with your mental health, your depression. Just to recap for anyone at this point that's a little lost, this episode is um, 20 tips on how to deal with trauma um, in early recovery and in recovery in general, okay? So these tips will help you develop your trauma, develop, uh, um, have a better mental health outlook, to have better tools to navigate your early recovery in a safer, more efficient way. All right. Um, tip number 14. Use creativity as an outlook for expression. Creativity tames the beast, not busy tames the beast. You could be busy relapsing and busy setting yourself up for a relapse. You could also be creative in doing that. But most of the time, what I'm saying, creativity tames the beast. That's a pop Buchanan thing. Also, always be creating the ABCs of recovery. That's another pop Buchanan thing. I got to trademark that stuff. So if anybody comes out before it, I'm definitely going to inbox you like you stole that for me but here's the thing i'm an old real estate guy coming the movie glenn gary glenn ross always be closing alec Baldwin's famous speech always be closing it was a magnificent speech i like to say god's the creator so you should always be creating the creator of all things if you don't believe in the concept of god and the religious theme you could say well something creates things that's bigger than us something's creating sun moons and stars and constellations and sun systems right and um and then but the, then we're created then animals are created insects and then the flora and all of this stuff and bacteria and all these beautiful things that it never stops life is booming everywhere right you should mirror that concept and be in alignment with your creative the creative aspect of who you are and also the creator that creates all things always be creating when you're in a creative process you are in a heightened um, process of creativity and brain brain energy, and that helps with your mental health, right? Boredom is one of the things that, and the inactivity in the brain, and the brain needs stimulus, and it wants to make things and do things, and when you keep the brain occupied, and you're writing a new book, you're drawing a painting, you're writing a poem, a sonnet, you're writing music, you're re redesigning your house, you're, you're, you're crocheting, you're, you're playing basketball, you're being creative, you're working out, you're learning new, new tricks, and you're, you're being innovative in your business and you're writing screenplays and you're doing all of this stuff, your brain is consistently has something to work for, right? So you're the anti-retirement effect where you're just sitting there. It's like you're retired 30 years before you're supposed to retire. You just get up every day, go to your job, watch TV, microwave some food, go to bed, and you wonder why you're depressed, right? You have to say, no, I'm going to do something every day that's gonna uh, um, reinforce the creative aspect of who I am, right? And by doing so, I ensure that I have an optimal brain experience and an optimal environment to flourish and to nourish myself. So always be creating, connect, 
Um, use creativity as an outlook for uh, outlet for expression. That's tip number 14. Tip number 15, connect with others who have had similar experiences. Like I said, make sure you connect with people on a recovery journey that's um or on your mental health journey. You know, like um hurt they say hurt people hurt people, but hurt people could also heal other hurt people. Right. It's not always that's cut and dry. If you experience pain and you're hurting and I'm hurting, then maybe we could come together and figure out how we could hurt a little bit less. Right. Tip number 16, uh, practice gratitude and focus on the present moment. Practice gratitude and focus on the present moment. When you focus on the present moment, you're in a state of mindfulness. Mindfulness is a proven scientific method to help with mental health, depression, anxiety, and things like that, right? Practice gratitude is a proven method that helps with addiction and mental health. When you're in a state of gratitude, you can't be in a state of gratitude and a state of fear at the same time, right? You can't be in a state of gratitude and a state of hate at the same time. You can't be hating on someone while you're in gratitude. Gratitude is one of those things that puts you into a positive framework, right? I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited I'm alive, but the best way to frame gratitude is like you get into a near-death experience. You almost crash your car, right? And you get out of that thing and your heart and your adrenaline is pumping and you can't believe it. And you're outside of the framework of no, what's normal and you're now in this state of, oh my God. God, I almost died. I am so lucky. I am so happy. God, thank you for saving me. That's gratitude. That's where I was when I woke up on that day uh, 10 years ago in that detox unit and I was putting my gown on and they let me go upstairs after I begged the doctors and nurses to not let me throw me out on that street. And after getting on my knees with the Sober is Dope story, I had immense gratitude when I was in that detox. I had even more gratitude when I got to that three-quarter house and was able to climb up on that bunk bed and take that that first night of sleep where I could really rest as a sober person again and I got this new start at life it was so much gratitude and I always think about that God thank you for the things that I have because I have I have so much that I need and want and that I'm a, I want to I'm fighting for but I feel abundant with what I have now and I never send a signal to God or the universe that I'm unhappy with my current predicament. I want more. That's that, that that's intrinsic. That's understood. That's on a cellular level. I'm thriving. I want to make more money. I want to be more successful. But I'm damn sure not going to send a signal to the universe that everything that has been granted to me at this point I don't appreciate. Because how are you going to be? How are you going to accept a, a larger blessing when you can't even when you can't perceive the current blessing that you have? The fact that you're alive and you're still healthy. Number one, health is wealth. You're alive. You have everything you need in the universe to take it to the next level. There's people out there that, that are in poor health. They're in the hospice. They're dying. They had bad news. They don't have a future to look at. They probably have more gratitude than we do at some points in our life. You ever see somebody with a, with a terminal diagnosis and they and they made peace with the fact that they're going to die and that they just understand it and they have this grace about them? We have to understand that we have an ability to live for the next 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. We must be empathetic, apathetic, and understanding and gratitude and humble that we have that and send that signal out to the universe. Practice mindfulness, stay in the present moment. I give a perfect example of what to do if you have an issue with what is mindfulness. Uh, get a coloring book and just draw and just color the book. 
That's all I want you to do for hours. Just focus on that. Not your phone, not the TV, not stopping to check your notifications. Finding one thing to do and putting your attention on that one thing is a form of mindfulness. It trains the brain and the mind to stay focused, right? Part of the aspects of depression and all of these things is that our minds may wonder. We're thinking about a hundred things at once, but nothing at the same time. Those toxic ruminations and thoughts start to build up. The brain gets overloaded and we have this sense of depression. Okay, this sense of anxiety and it doesn't help us heal our traumas. Because we're either fixated. While you're mindful of one thing, you can't be fixated on your trauma at the same time. When you're walking, walking is my one of my best aspects of mindfulness. I walk, I breathe, I, I, I look at the sky, I'm looking at the trees, I'm looking at the birds, I'm mindful of my environment. All this is about is breathing and enjoying nature. That's the activity. It's not doing it while I'm checking my notifications on my phone. It's not doing it while I'm talking to someone else. It's I'm walking by myself and I'm enjoying my environment. This is no more than, there's no agenda. The agenda is I'm, I'm marveling about the beauty of my planet, the fact that I'm a human being that's connected to this planet. I'm organic sentient being that's connected to the trees, the sun, the moons, and the stars. I am on this planet, one of this planet, one of this galaxy, one of this Milky Way. We're all moving in synchronicity. I am one with the all, the creation of all things. This is beautiful. It's taking me out of Pop Buchanan and putting me into the, and the macro, not the micro. And at the same time, I'm able to say to myself, I'm, I'm enjoying this experience, but I'm focusing myself at the same time. And while I'm doing that, I'm walking, I'm breathing, I'm deep breathing. I'm focusing on my cardio, my air. I'm getting oxygen in my body. I'm exercising my limbs. I'm, I'm, so I'm getting this mental health benefit, but this physical benefit and this overall benefit, right? That's mindfulness. Focus on one thing. Sit down on a bench and say, I'm going to look at this tree for 30 minutes and just try to master every beautiful aspect of this one tree, right? I'm going to try to follow this butterfly as it moves around. I'm going to write a poem for the next two hours. I'm only going to focus on this one poem. And I'm going to try to do the activity like this once a day, whether it's five minutes a day or two hours or five hours a day. Find some window for mindfulness, right? That's really important. The takeaway from this episode, there's a lot of things in this episode that's important, but this is one of the most, this is the strongest takeaways I want you to actually think about. Try to find creative way to bring mindfulness in your life all right tip number where are we practice gratitude tip number 17 maintain healthy relationships with friends and family now we know um, friends and families are important so having some healthy could i call your family every day speak to a family member one person or talk to one friend a day now i'm at a state where i talk to a lot of people in a day but i try to speak to someone in my life every day and if i can't then it's days where i'm just like i need to take a personal day right today is about me i can't i don't want to talk to anyone right part of your mental health is all right so we're gonna have this twofold try to speak to uh, try to really connect with your family and friends right maintain healthy relationships 
relationships with family and friends, but also maintain healthy relationships with yourself. Some days you may not want that. What I'm trying to say is every week, try to have at least two or three days out the week where you have a meaningful conversation with a loved one, right? Where you connect with someone that's a friend, you reach out, you know, keep relationships, let people know what's going on with you, talk about your dreams and stuff. Cause you'd be surprised when you speak to other people, you pull aspects of yourself out that you don't even know is there. Like, you know, you might deep down have something that you want to do, but you can't articulate it until you express it to someone else. All right. Very important for your mental health, overcoming trauma and early recovery and stuff like that. All right. All, and when I say this, I don't want you to think, oh, Pop Buchanan has given us all these erroneous tips on how to deal with trauma and PTSD and he's not a doctor. That's not what this is about. This is about, all right, we all have traumas. We all have issues that brought us to our addictions. We all have pain that we're dealing with. The lingering, right? And this kind of produces things like depression, anxiety, worry, shame, guilt, all these things, right? These tips are just guidelines that you go implement in your life that helps alleviate some of the heaviness of these mental health things. These are not diagnoses. I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But I am someone who had sat with a therapist and a psychiatrist. I am someone who had to go through the whole recovery. And I'm someone who's been implementing these skills and stuff for 10 years and it helps. And I know enough that there's science to back up a lot of these tips and stuff. So there's evidence base. So although I'm not a doctor, these comes from controlled studies and doctors, a lot of this stuff. And it's just a lot of it is common sense and a lot of it is practical. All right. So um, this stuff works. Just get out of your own way. All right. Take what works and disregard what doesn't. Keep a record in a journal of what is happening and what's working or not. And I wish you luck. All right. Closing up. Tip number 18, take breaks when needed and prioritize rest. So Jim Carrey said something very beautiful. Depression is when you lack or need deep rest. It's like your brain has been running for all of these years. You have been focused on the things that's not going well. You don't get sleep. You don't prioritize it. The kids take all your energy. Your work takes all your energy. You're probably lucky if you get five hours rest a day. They tell us we need eight hours. It's almost impossible to get a healthy eight hours a day, right? Um, so at some point you just become exhausted, man. So get and prioritize rest. The biggest hack for that, the bio hack for that is learn how to meditate because meditating two times, 15 minutes, twice a day, that 30 minutes will, will get your brain in such an optimal state of health that it helps offset the lack of sleep that you get. Nothing replaces real great rest. But if you could squeeze in 30 minutes a day and you can't get your eight hours, then, well, you get five and a half hours through meditation. You're going to have a better chance at um, closing that gap versus the person that's only getting five hours and not meditating, if that makes any sense. So try to learn how to meditate. If you don't know how to meditate and think that I should start a course or something, I'm willing to teach people. One of the next things I want to do is something called meditation for recovery, like teaching people how to meditate to help their recovery. Let me know in the comments, inbox me if you think that's a good idea. I think it's a big thing. I think a lot of people hear about meditation, just don't know how to do it. I also think a lot of people want to learn, but they don't want to spend 12 
$1,200 from something like Transcendental Meditation or, you know, pay, spend some guru four, five, six, $700 to learn from some guru. I have been meditating my whole life. My younger brother's an expert. I'm kind of an expert. So I can teach anyone out there how to meditate if you want to learn. So let me know. All right, moving along. Uh, take breaks when needed to prioritize rest. That was tip 18. 19, use journaling as a tool for self-reflection and processing emotions. Oh my God. Boom. Listen, maybe one of the next most important tips, right? So check this out. Journaling helps you really get out things that you cannot express or articulate. Sometimes we don't even know the thought that's bothering us unless we start writing it out, right? If you start off like, I want to list 10 things I wish to improve in my life. And you'll get to number one, two, three, and then you'll start thinking and somewhere while writing down three, you get this big paragraph of stuff. You're like, I never even knew I felt like this. Journaling is a game changer. The next game changer, which is the most important thing is um, self-reflection and processing emotions. So we know unprocessed emotions are toxic. They get stuck in the body for real. You get all of this tension in the body when you have unprocessed anger, resentment, hate, anger, anxiousness, fear, all of these things, um, self-doubt, all these emotions, rejection, and all of this stuff. If you don't express the pain, the pain can't get stuck in the body causing you pain. All right. So process your emotions and use journaling as a tool for self-reflection while processing emotions. Tip number 19. Mark that down as one of the most important ones. Last tip 2020. Remember that recovery is a journey, not a destination. Now, that's dope, so cliche, but it's true. Recovery is a journey, not a destination. All right. You're listening to the soap is dope. This podcast is called Rising Above Trauma, Navigating Early Recovery for Addiction and Mental Health. This is a huge episode. I love you all. I have a motivational talk in the beginning that's called um, Don't Give Up, You're Not Alone by Pop Buchanan. And I love you all. You're listening to the Sober's Dope. These are 20 tips to help you uh, deal with trauma and early recovery from addiction and mental health. So if this has been helpful, share the podcast on Instagram. Tag soap is dope. If you're listening to Spotify, you can put the podcast right up. They have a feature where you press the stories and it goes up into your stories and people can listen to it. Help me make soap is dope. Help us make our podcast and our community bigger so we can get more people in and we can affect more lives, right? If you haven't yet and you appreciate soap is dope, please leave us a five star review on Apple and Spotify. And if you haven't yet and you read the soap is dope book and you found it helpful please leave us a five-star review i'll ask if you do not find the podcast or the book helpful do not leave a negative review because it helps other it hurts other people's chances what i would say is you can inbox me and tell me your negative thoughts or constructive criticisms and i will take that into account and implement them in future episodes therefore we keep the community refreshed and we're not like sabotaging something that's actually good now we really get negative uh um, comments. Um, I had one one comment. Well, my worst comment I ever got was somebody saying, "Uh, I hate this guy's accent." And it was a podcast that I was doing outside of early recovery, and I was kind of like um, 
kind of like raising my voice in excitement for National Sober Day. And she listened to that episode and she took it as if I was, she just didn't like the sound quality. It was like, she hate my accent. And I felt so bad because that hurt us to this day. That one, she put a one comment, a one star just based on my accent, not the message. And I just never could find that person to kind of ask them to help us out and give us another shot. Cause I love my accent and I never had a problem with it. But you know, you're not, you can't make everyone happy, but you um, are my audience and listeners. I love you all. You can make a difference by taking a moment and doing that at a bare minimum for Soap is Dope. It means a lot. Also, if you haven't received the Soap is Dope book, a lot of these tips are somewhere in the Soap is Dope book, especially the affirmation and the tools like that. So definitely please like show some love, go grab the book on Amazon, leave a positive five-star review if you can. If you don't have time to leave a written review, you can just leave five stars. Just press the button, one and done. Um, we, we're approaching almost 700 copies being sold. Um, I think a thousand overall. It's been our first month and a half. And uh, so we're really excited. I love you all. Thank you for joining Sober is Dope. I really believe in our mission. I feel like we're growing in a positive way. Lastly, if you're a person that's dealing with PTSD, trauma, um, depression, anxiety, Keep in mind that your your recovery is affected by that. Your addiction is affected by that, right? So if you're in early recovery and you're, it's hard for you, spend time and invest in resources to help yourself, right? You know, um, learn how to meditate, study a class, take a class, go, go, go give yoga a shot, you know, invest in a spa day once a, once a month, um, you know, get a, get a makeover, you know, sometime a makeover will help you in a short term way in reevaluating who you are, invest in higher quality foods, right? Um, and, and most importantly, see, seek a therapist and ask them if they could refer you to a psychiatrist that could help maybe diagnose you. A lot of us is walking around with undiagnosed mental health conditions. And that's the that's one of the things that's holding us back. All right. I love you all. Just to give you context, my diagnosis was I was dealing with, with depression and sadness. And they was like, you have a condition where you can't tell if you're sad, but you're sad. You're so sad that you appear to be normal and you're very depressed. And they was like, we have to work on that. So they gave me counseling. I had to go to talk to a psychiatrist, I had to do all of these little workshops. And I had to take something. This was 10 years ago. I had to take a year worth of medication and help me boost my serotonin levels because they was extremely low. Maybe from my addiction, but also from the neuroplasticity we spoke about. When the brain experiences grief or loss or trauma, it changes. And sometimes it changes in a way where your vital neurotransmitter hormones, three of which is norepinephrine, serotonin, and dopamine, um, they have much more, but those are the top three. They tend to fall to unhealthy levels, producing this kind of mental health effect where what manifests is like a state of sadness, seasonal affective disorder, or dysthymia, which is high functioning depression, or maybe just general depression, or general anxiety, or complex PTSD, or, or regular PTSD, or mania, or bipolar. All these things kind of manifest from our brain not being totally healthy as a result to the traumas that we endure in our lives. So it makes sense, right? That you and you, alcohol and drugs in itself is traumatic to our body. That's trauma. We can have PTSD induced from our addiction. Just drinking alcohol every day is damaging to the brain, getting into fights, not eating, being now malnourished, getting rejected, being sad, constantly fighting, getting into hitting your head, always hurting yourself, putting yourself in uh, precarious sexual situations. That's traumatic. 
friends and family. That's trauma in itself. It may not always be childhood trauma. Just your addictions is traumatic. But what brings you to your addiction most of the time, and not all the times, is your trauma. Or it could be genetic aspects or psychological aspects or just aspects that you're allergic to it. You're not like, all of this combined gives us a bigger picture on how we deal with addiction, if that makes any sense, right? So you're not alone. So keep all of that in mind and don't be afraid or ashamed to go seek help. And in Sober's Dope, I encourage you to get off of your butt and make a power move, man. Tomorrow's Monday. This week, if you need, call a therapist, just get a quote. Call your insurance company. I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm, I'm, I'm in addiction. Does my insurance handle with therapy? How much is the copay? Get real information. Find out who's local in your neighborhood. Deal with some of these online places. You can get an online therapist um, through these apps and stuff, and I'm not affiliated, but I'm gonna try to get more information and see if we can get affiliated with a mental health app that's legitimate and not wasting people's money, but that can really help you jumpstart the process. Maybe you just need to talk to somebody once a month, right? Um, or maybe start a group. Maybe we could on Sober's Dope start a trauma group where we could really just trauma dump without being judged for trauma dumping, right? But that's still not a, a rest. That's still not a, um, a replacement for actual therapy, right? And I'm just saying this to help. When I was able to talk to someone who just wanted to listen, I got so much off my chest that I'm like, I feel better, man. I never told anybody. I didn't even know I was this upset about these things, right? Sometimes you don't even know the extent of your anger. Right. You could just have PTSD because somebody you live with don't do the dishes every day. That could be like I, this person just like I'm just tra I'm just traumatized by this guy's ability to not do dishes. Right. And it builds up and I just feel like punch him in his forehead and he just never does dishes. Right. It could just be something like that or it could be something much deeper. It's up to you to determine that. Give yourself the gift of therapy. Give yourself the gift of recovery and boost the chances of your recovery being successful. You're listening to Sober is Dope. You can find all of our episodes at www.sobersdope.com. You go Google Sober's Dope book or you go to amazon.com and type in Sober's Dope and the book will come up and you get a copy of the Sober's Dope book. It has 365 affirmations that you can use in, um, as a companion to the podcast, right? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of like a group thing. You're listening to the podcast, you read the book and you contact me and between all of that is good tools. You use that with your Alcoholic Anonymous or NA. I'm Narcotics Anonymous. You find community, you exercise, you learn how to meditate, you see a therapist. Man, I'll tell you, uh, sky's the limit in your success. We take an all in approach on Sober is Dope, and I love you all. Don't shortchange yourself in your, on your recovery journey. Take the steps that's needed. Pop Buchanan, over and out. I'll catch you guys on the other side. Peace and love. <laughs>